bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the live broadcast. My name is Ryan Treasure. We're live on voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. And we're at the Wonder Woman Tech Conference in lovely lovely Long Beach, California. Great weather out there. Looks like the uh, marine layer burned off a little early today. So it's nice and sunny, looking really good. Had a great time last night with uh, all of the people from the event. Got to go to the aquarium and go check out the fish. And uh, it was just a fantastic time. Uh, We're joined also by uh, April J. Ford, host of You Are Not Alone, who airs on the Voice America empowerment channel uh april thanks for joining us today well welcome back to our audience out there yes we are here in the beautiful city of long beach we've got multiple stages here at the wonder woman tech conference breakout rooms with live interactive workshops as well as a lot of exhibitors we've got wordpress just to name a few google aol search bloom women's conference again just to name a few and as ryan mentioned make sure you check out the um, archives from yesterday's interviews on voiceamerica.com Click on the live events tab, and I believe it's on the right-hand side, you'll see the live interviews from yesterday, and I'll do a quick yep. recap. We've had Cody Jensen with Search Bloom, Mark Politi with Discoverable.com, and who do we have next? Catherine Calero with Tanya Catlin, Michelle Patterson, Adonica Shaw, Jennifer Wang, Elise Kay, and Elisa Kamahort. So make sure you guys listen to uh, those archives from yesterday. So our guest today is Julian Scaff. He just got off the main stage. He is actually a professor, designer, filmmaker, a musician as well, and a media artist. Welcome, Julian. How are you this morning? Thanks. I'm doing great. Thanks Phenomenal. For so tell our audience, what was your talk on this morning on the main stage? So my, my talk was titled uh, The Feminist Tech Company, and mm-hmm. it was about uh, how organizations can uh, affect the changes in their culture to, to make their cultures uh, more friendly uh, uh, to women and to increase the diversity of their workforces. Okay. Well, before we get into addressing some of the conversations of change and what that culture looks like, let's first recognize what some of those challenges are. And I'm going to speak from experience. So if some of you may not be able to relate or don't agree. I completely understand it and I respect that. But I'm coming, you know, before I became an entrepreneur in writing, speaking, teaching, uh, being a host here on Voice America Network, I actually had a corporate background in engineering with Intel Corporation for about 14 years. And again, speaking from experience, I saw there was a lot of disconnect when it came to retention and keeping women in the workforce of technology. Um, Two of the things that I saw was mainly the work life, and I call manage. There's no such thing as balance. So I said the work life manage and really having those women mentors for us to really um, show us the way. Like, how do we advance in our career in technology and have a mindset of collaboration versus competition? Because we were already competing with the men in our field, and now here we are in the workforce where some of the culture didn't really embrace or allow us to enhance and having that quote unquote manage and balance, unless you were lucky like me. The majority of my career at Intel, I was lucky enough to have a manager to know that it was important to have that dynamic of both family and work life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the issues I, I talked about in my talk this morning. Oh, okay, um, great. <laughs> and it's it's something that the uh, the Harvard Business Review identified as as one of the obstacles, uh, especially to to women um, uh, being promoted to uh, leadership positions. And so, right. and on both sides, um, you know, women are thinking, well, maybe I don't want this job because I'm going to have to work more hours. It takes away from my work life right. balance or choose. family life. You have to right. choose between. Um, and also on the organizational side, and I've experienced in a meeting um, other colleagues actually saying out loud, I'm not sure we should promote this woman because she just got married and what if she gets pregnant baby, and, then, right. you know, and, mm -hmm. and she can't do her job. Um, and of course, that's a conversation would never happen about a man. Um, and uh, one of the, the points I made in my talk is that, that um, companies valuing that, that sort of work-life balance actually helps both men and women. So right. it can help um, right. get more women into leadership positions, um, but it also helps boost productivity for the entire company. Mm -hmm. There have been lots of studies that show that, that productivity plateaus uh, and then actually declines after you work 40 hours a week. So this so myth- So both male and female. <laughs> yeah, both male yeah. and female. So this myth that you know the 60-hour work humans. week, you're going to get lots of work done is just not true at all. Um, right. And there are companies that have set like a 35, 40 hour work week, and after that you go home. And oh, in France. I saw the well, Huffington Post article in France. Yeah, Wasn't well, it mandated that you're not allowed to send um, email or reply to email after work hours? Yeah, and it, it yeah. happens in the United States also. There's a, there's a uh, creative agency in uh, Marina del Rey, just up oh, the coast LA. from here, called mm -hmm. Kluge, and they have a 35 hour work week. So after you've worked 35 hours, you go home. And their philosophy is we want 35 good hours from you. Right. Um, we don't want 50 hours of you being tired and unproductive. Right. So. And it also affects the home life. You know, if you mm -hmm. have um, a partner at home or if you're married, that affects the home life. And in turn, like I said, that affects your productivity at work too. So if Absolutely. things aren't healthy at home, you're going to bring all that unhealthy, toxic stuff, yeah. <laughs> we'll just call it stuff, into your workplace. You're not going to go into your 8 o'clock staff meeting you know, productive, happy when you've got things on your mind. Exactly. And there's a lot of evidence that, that supports uh, a, a healthy work-life balance um, driving innovation as well, mm -hmm. um, that you don't tend to think of innovative ideas th sitting at your desk. Right. Um, you're out doing other things and, and making these connections in your head. Okay. So what are some of the other challenges that you addressed in your um, topic today in your, in your speech? The, you got the work life managed. What else were you guys able to talk about? Um, one of the one of the main things is changing the internal cultures and in companies. And so, um, you know, we know that that men are not inherently better at women than women in uh, technical jobs. Um, mm -hmm. And if you look at like the U.S. labor market, about it's about sixty percent women in the U.S. labor market. But in technical positions at companies, it's like ten to twenty percent. So right. it's a huge drop off, and it's mainly a cultural thing. And it's something that you know the tech industry knows. I mean, this is published in Wired magazine and Forbes and Harvard Business Review. We all know this, and yet the culture perpetuates itself. And mm -hmm. so we have to take direct action to change that uh, that internal culture. And it requires conversations inside of a company and talking about that and talking about what subtle sexism is and talking about aspects of the company culture uh, that are not friendly to women um, and okay. uh, uh, challenging everybody in an organization to take responsibility for, for making that change happen. Okay. And who would you recommend on best just starting that conversation at the table? I mean, I think, do you think people are more fearful of bringing up some of the gender differences or like you said, those inappropriate comments of somebody getting a promotion? I mean, who would be right. the advocate 
to have those conversations internally. Right. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's somebody in management or leadership. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, up at the the C-suite level, um, mm -hmm. companies realize that this is good for business. It's good for innovation. It should be part of the strategic vision of a company. Um, but the real answer is that anybody in an organization um, can uh, can take right. action on this and take responsibility for right. it. So and that's why we're here having these conversations, such as this conference here. Mm -hmm. Now, when you mentioned that the statistics are still about 10 to 20 percent of women in the technical field, mm -hmm. do you think globally it also adds to maybe the education in certain cultures? You know, there's still parts of the world where girls and women don't have that access to education just because of their culture divisions, that they're not allowed to go to school. Absolutely, and that, that, that is a, a sort of a different issue. You know, we don't tend to see that in the United States, but certainly in, in other uh, countries and other cultures, um, you know, women are cut off from education at an earlier age. Um, but even the, in the United States, I mean, we see that um, boys and girls perform almost the same on, on STEM subjects up until around ages seven or eight. Okay. And then from that age to 18, there's a drop off in interest uh, uh, from girls in those fields. Um, and not a drop off in, in aptitude. They're still uh, um, able to do those subjects at the same level, if not better than boys. Um, but there is a, a sort of cultural change where it becomes sort of unfeminine to, to be good in math or good in science, and et cetera. Yeah, just yeah. having that, that mind block or that mindset or that perception or stereotype of like, right. oh, it's, it's, it's a guy thing to be nerdy and smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls are just supposed to play. Yeah. <laughs> There was a there was an interesting uh, study done recently that showed that if you um, and they were looking at, at college age women that if you grouped women together and they were looking at the field of engineering, mm -hmm. if you put them on teams together, they had more self uh, belief um, that they believed that they would do better, um, okay. and it didn't actually affect their performance. If you put one woman on a team of all guys, she still performed the same, but her perception was she wasn't as good at it as the boys were. So wow. that was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, that, that is interesting. That you could actually form cohorts that are supportive like that. Right. And I think maybe it's also naturally for us as women because we do, we're the natural bonders and connectors and to feel part and belong to a community, it does, you know, strengthen our belief within ourselves too and raises our self-esteem and confidence. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. believe that's why Lisa May created this platform for us to come together of technical women in, in science, technology, and engineering, arts, and math to really lock arms together and pave the way as a hashtag is we are pioneers. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right. right, so going back to your first um, point on the work-life management, mm -hmm. that as being one of the challenges, um, what are some practical solutions besides the starting point of having a conversation? I mean, what can, at the C-level, what can corporations do to promote that management? I think there's a, there are a lot of policy things. So um, things like um, supporting uh, equal family time off uh, for equal both men and time. men and women, uh, of saying you know this is an important issue uh, uh, regardless of gender. Um, so you know pay time off for uh, for family leave, whatever that happens mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really making that part of the, the company strategy, make it part of the business strategy. Say, mm -hmm. this is good for the company, actually. Okay. And what do you, 
um, what comments do you have as far as mentorship? Because when I was working at Intel, it was really hard to find that woman mentor for me to say, hey, how do I do this? Or where do I go? Do you have any advice? It was more of like you had to be super proactive. There wasn't any any set structure or process or systems in place for, for me to just, oh, okay, th this is what somebody else did before. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a challenge in a lot of companies because they don't have the structure uh, uh, internally. So they may have to look externally and maybe bring in a consultant, um, bring in um, women who are um, uh, leadership trainers, for instance. Um, and it's, it's often an excuse, especially in leadership positions, of saying, well, you know, we have an all-male board of directors because we hired the, the most qualified people and that just happened to be all men. Um, just happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just happened that way. Uh, we don't know how that happened. Um, and um, so, you know, companies should make a commitment to saying, hey, gender equality um, at uh, the leadership level is good for the company. It's good for our business strategy. And so if we're not finding good women leaders, we can train them internally. We can actually affect that change. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what do you have coming up on your horizon? I know you've got a lot of things going on. You're a professor, also a musician, you're in the media. Right. <laughs> what do you have on your end? <laughs> uh, well, I still I still do consulting for tech companies and for nonprofits. Okay. Um, and, um, I, you know, my expertise is in the, in the field of uh, uh, design, user experience design. Um, but I... I will tell companies, I tell startups I work for, um, hey, this should be part of your business strategy. This should be okay. part of your uh, your strategic vision, part of the ethos of the company. So it needs to be part of the internal culture, and it needs to be something that they also communicate externally, um, okay. which can have a positive influence on recruitment, um, and also uh, with the goal of not just improving the internal culture, but trying to affect change across the industry as a whole, right. Right. showing that leadership. Okay, mm -hmm. and tell our listeners um, if they want to find out more about you. Where where can they go? Do you have? You're an author too, right? I'm an author. Yeah. Okay, tell us more so, about your book before we close. Oh. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. Yeah. I've, I have What's a couple, the title of your book? I have a couple of books. Um, one is called. Oh, a couple. Okay. One is called uh, Jamal and Demi Lola. Um, it's available on Amazon. I think it's still available. <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's a a look at um, uh, some of the communication and, and aesthetic. Uh, uh, aspects of Nigerian banking scandals. So oh. from more from a, a sort of artistic and design and linguistic uh, perspective. So um, and then uh, so I did, did you get all those emails? I did. And, yeah. I, and w the way the book happened was I started a correspondence with somebody. So oh, so you were um, your own case study? Yeah. Mm -hmm. OK. So it's kind of it's kind of telling it's kind of telling that story. Um, and actually, you know, it touches on some interesting things about gender roles. Um, okay. And then uh, my other book is called Sketch Your Soundscape, and it's a, it's basically a, a, a book that helps people do uh, sound design. So taking a designer's perspective to working with audio. So oh, okay. Interesting. Creating, creating soundscapes, yeah. Nice. Soundscapes. Um, I, I know our producer is into music. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I have an online blog. It's uh, jscaf.com. And um, and I'm also a professor at General Assembly. I'm, I teach uh, user experience design at their campus in L.A. So people can find me at uh, the General Assembly website. Perfect. All right. And what are you looking forward to the rest of our conference here today? Oh, just, uh, you know, some of these side conversations that happen in the hallways. It's, it's great. You know, people just come up and and say, hey, I love your talk, or I see someone whose talk I saw, and so those conversations are wonderful. Right, right, yeah. and it's yeah. about b building that relationship and bridging the gaps. Absolutely. And collaborating, creating yeah. solutions. That's why we're here. Absolutely. Right on. Thank you for, for joining us today on voiceamerica.com. Thanks so, so much.
bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com. 